From the VIP lounge to the gridiron, it's everything you need to know from pop culture to free throws. This is Cleats and Cocktails with your hosts, Meg and Taniella. Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Taniella. And I am Nicolette, filling in for Meg. This week, our cocktail of the week is brought to you by the Rusty Nail. It is one shot of Drambuie to two shots of scotch stirred in a glass with ice. There's like a fancier way to do this where you like stir it and then strain it into a pre-chilled glass. But obviously we are not those people. So um, (laughs) here we are. Uh, It's also very weird that I'm doing the cocktail instead of Megan. I'm clearly she's probably judging me so hard for not presenting it in the way we should. But um, these are interesting. Yeah, definitely a strong drink, I can tell, without having tasted it yet. (laughs) They will knock you on your ass. Like, I've actually wanted to do this drink for a while, and Megan has shut it down basically every single time. Like, she outright refuses to let me make these, so... It's not surprising. Yeah, I'm not surprised, (laughs) right? Because all we've made are, like, gin punches for the last five weeks, so, um, yeah, we're switching it up a bit. These are, like, the color of... Pee. Like, if you're dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, very ammonia-colored. So, But they're they're not bad. They're just, you drink one of them, and then you go to sleep for the rest of the night. But, yeah. Um, okay, so super exciting. We have a guest host this week while Megan is off gallivanting through the streets of Europe. Uh, thank you for joining us, Nicola. You're welcome. I'm excited because sports is one of my favorite things ever. And uh, we have much to talk about this week, that's for sure. Um, Up on the agenda this week, we're going to do our pick six news stories. As always, uh, like I said, a lot has happened. We definitely need to break it all down. Um, We're going to do a quick reality review um, because The Bachelorette cast breakdown has finally been released. The episode actually airs tonight, the first one. So we'll just like, we'll do a quick little check-in. I'll show you some um, questionable cast members. You can give me your thoughts. Um, and then Nicolette has actually put in a segment here called the Rapid Five. Rapid Five. Um, no idea what that entails, but we'll find out. We're going on a little adventure together. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so jumping right into pick six. And it's gonna be a pick six. Up first this week, I feel like we we can't not talk about this as our top story, and the fact that the Raptors won motherfucking Game Seven. Whoop whoop. Oh my God, it was like the, what, the most stressful 48 minutes in Toronto history? Yes. Like legit. I think people had strokes all over the city. Um, It was, it was a lot. It came down to the wire for anyone who wasn't watching and maybe tuned into Game of Thrones instead. Totally understand. However, what were you thinking? You you should absolutely (laughs) be watching this. Um, It literally came down to the final buzzer beater. Um, It was 90-90 with the Raps had the last possession, four seconds left on the clock. The ball went out to Kawhi Leonard, who basically circus shot the ball in. It bounced approximately four or five times off the rim and just dropped in. Literally, it reminded me, you know, the moment in the end of episode three, Game of Thrones, where like the last minute where she comes flying through the air, everybody's like, yes, but then he grabs her. Oh, like, oh yeah. The, the, when the ball hit the rim, that's what people look like. They're all excited. <laughs> like he, the shot was going to go in, but it hit the rim once, twice, three. Oh, it was like dramatic. It, it was so fucking dramatic. Like it could not have been a more dramatic finish <laughs> to this game. 
Especially because, like, it went back and forth the whole time. Like, it's, it was really a uh, close game. Joel Embiid played 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And Marc Gasol, who is a living dinosaur, also played 45 <laughs> minutes. I don't know how anyone was watching. He played that many minutes? He played the exact same amount as Joel Embiid. Wow, that's impressive. I know. Like, Big Daddy Spain stepping up. But, like, Kawhi had to make that shot over Joel Embiid, who is yep. taller than him. Yeah. Um, and somehow they made it. He said he had practiced that, uh, like that play before. He had that play before earlier on in this, uh, or I think he said the Orlando series. Okay. And he just, he knew with that shot, based on the amount of time he had, he just wanted to get the ball as high as he could mm. to give him a better chance of shooting it over Embiid. Physics, man. Yeah. So once he saw how much time he had, he was like, he, he already knew the play it was drawn up in his head what he wanted to do oh my god well I mean the crowd literally fell apart like I was that stadium looked like it was going to collapse from all of the freaking out people were doing <laughs> like it was intense have you seen the shot have you seen the picture of the like once he shoots it and then he goes he crouches down, down yeah he's waiting for the shot to go in our boy Drake actually tweeted that and said that um it Lou Williams of does he play for the Lakers now Houston no Lou plays for Clippers I believe the Clippers okay um so he actually commented on Drake's picture saying like this picture hard and drake was like i would legit do a freestyle just to use this as the album art because it was like a renaissance painting yeah uh it's and it's iconic this is toronto that shot is toronto now yeah it used to be the joey batista bat flip it is now the Kawhi leonard shot drake did you see drake he didn't go to the game yep no nope. and he wore philly <laughs> he wore sixers shorts yes he did he was even, like even drake oh. believes in the curse no, the curse is real. Oh, it's like, obviously it's real. real. And you know what? Shout out to Drake for putting in work and knowing that it's real and helping the team to victory. Everyone does their part. Exactly. Um, no, it was epic. It was one of the biggest moments in Toronto sports history. It's actually the first time there's been, a, in a Game 7, a game-winning shot. The yes. The only person to win a series. The only other person who's done it, Michael Jordan. Of course. Game 6 to win the championship over Utah. Damn. So that's like... Kawhi Leonard's in good company. Exactly. It's... I mean, so now essentially what we're facing is the... Both conference finals have actually been set. Over in the West, um, Houston and Golden State finished their series. Golden State coming out on top. Uh, I think they won it in, what, six games? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I feel like Houston was their shot. Like, th like that was Houston's series to lose. The game six, they actually... The Golden State Warriors actually lost the, for what has been the best player in the playoffs, Kevin Durant. Um, he went down with a calf strain. They're also missing their center, Boogie Cousins. So really, it was it was Houston's moment. Once Kevin Durant went out, like this was James Harden's chance to step it up was. and be like, I am the man. I am the MVP. Give me respect. For all of the glory and ball hogging that he does, this was his moment. Like that was his time to shine and they they couldn't do it. They could not do it. Um, There's, Chris Paul was healthy, so yep. no excuses. No this excuses. Year. They had a healthy Houston roster. So, I mean, where do you go from here if you're Houston? I don't know. You got as many people as you could. Mike D'Antoni was standing strong, claiming like he was the best coach in the league. So, like, I don't know. What do you do? You can't get past Golden State. That's everybody's nemesis, I guess. Like, okay. everyone's okay tonight. a couple of years ago yep. with when they had Kevin. And then, you know, we talked about Russ being a ball hog back mm -hmm. then. He's actually changed his game this year to, when he's playing with Paul George. Um, and it still wasn't and, enough. Exactly. So, I mean, so Golden State is actually going up against Portland, who beat the Denver Nuggets in Game 7. That series was so much more fun, in my opinion, than the Golden State-Houston series. Way less bitching and complaining. Um, 
so Portland has actually won. This is, uh, how many times has Portland ever made it to the conference finals? Uh, they've, well, I know they've, back back when, like, in my days of watching basketball, <laughs> um, they used to have a really good team in, like, the, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've definitely fallen off since then. That's when they had, um, I think it was... Who they have back then, like Sabonis, might have even before, been before Sabonis's time. Yeah, so I mean, like they, they haven't had a ton of glory. Like they're one of those teams that a lot of people forget about, and they've been like quietly improving year after year. And this is finally the playoffs where it looks like their whole team came together. Like CJ McCollum, who is probably the second best player on that team, has basically had the playoff of his like playoff season of his career. Um, and so I mean, they're going to be an interesting matchup for. Golden State because they're basically like Houston in that they shoot a lot of threes. They're really, really good, but Golden State probably still does it better. I think the hall, uh, the Vegas odds right now are like ten percent chance that Portland comes out of this. But I'm giving Portland a chance, though. I think, I think that they could that at least win a couple. Golden State's shown that they're not this like super force that they they have no. been, and that they are vulnerable. And they're also estimating that Kevin Durant is out for game one for sure. And he may be out all the way until up to, upwards of game four. A calf strain takes a couple weeks to heal. So we're looking at potentially a game four, game five return, which means that like this is Portland's chance to capitalize and do what Houston couldn't. And I'm if you give me James Harden over Dame Lillard, I'm taking Dame Lillard all day. Did um, you see his game winning shot? Oh, yeah. Before? Epic. Epic. Yeah, no, I would. I 100% agree. I love me some Damian Lillard. I think he is just... He is so underrated. Like, the fact that he's gone all-star games without being invited is just ridiculous to me. So um, I I would love to see Portland come out of it. Nick disagrees. Nick thinks that if the Raptors somehow make it into the, the actual NBA Finals and it's Portland that's facing them, that's actually a bad thing because if the Raptors lose, like, then what? At least if you, like, if you go up against Golden State, it's like, okay, yeah, everyone's losing to Golden State. Like, it's fine. We all know what's happening here. But if you lose to, like... Portland, you're like, ah, fuck, now we have a huge problem. So, like, if that, because that, I think that everyone just assumes that Golden State's going to win it all. So, everybody's like, who makes it to the finals? Like, no one seems to actually be thinking who's going to win. We all know Golden State likely will. But anyway, so those are the two matchups. Um, so, the Raps, now that they have, are, are in the Eastern Conference finals, are actually heading to uh, Milwaukee. We are taking on the Bucks with uh, Giannis, who we have talked about significantly over this podcast. Um, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup because essentially it's it's the opposite of Philly in that Philly and the Raptors are very similar in that their starting five and our starting five are both very strong with mediocre ass benches. Now we're going to head to Milwaukee where we're seeing a Milwaukee team that's significantly deeper in terms of like talent. Their starting five is probably not better than the Raptors, but yeah. their bench is infinitely better. So it's going to be really interesting because we need a bigger rotation. We can't just play like, I think seven people played last night, you know, like we can't have that. We need Fred to step up. We need Norman Powell to hit a fucking shot. We need all of these players to step up. We don't have OG right now. So, I mean, I don't know OG Ananobi, who's currently injured. Um, So, I mean, we need people to step up and I'm not looking at you, Jody Meeks. I'm looking (laughs) at like Norman Powell. Um, because we need to be able to hold it down against their very, very good bench. To be honest, in the games, in the series against uh, Philly, when the bench didn't play well, they lost. And when the when we didn't keep Philly to like ninety in the nineties, we lost. Mm-hmm. So if those two things happen, then 
it's, it's like the Raptors are going to have a hard road. Yeah. Also, it seems that um, the matchup for Kawhi is going to be Chris Middleton, and Chris Middleton actually did a great job of containing Kawhi during the regular season for the, like, the short minutes that he played. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The only other thing I want to mention on the NBA playoffs before we switch subjects is um, we are getting the Curry Bowl 2019. I know. Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors versus his brother, Seth Curry of the Portland Trailblazers. And we almost had an Eastern Conference Brother Bowl, too. Um, Marc Gasol of the Toronto Raptors, who I talk about all the time and I adore, um, versus Pau Gasol, his brother, who actually signed with the Bucks and then got injured. Oh, I didn't know he was injured. Mm-hmm. He's oh, not playing. Sucks. We're not getting a Gasol Bowl, which I think would be so much fun, um, especially because it would have been two series at the same time with, like, Brother Bowls happening. Actually, kind of, like... Well, apart from just Toronto wanting Toronto, Toronto to win, I really want them to win for Marcus Saul. I know. Obviously, you know he's been in Memphis for so long. Yep. We finally trade for him, get him. It would be awesome if he could like finish his career with a title. Honestly, he's such a good guy. And if you watch the highlights of the uh, the Raptors game, you see after the game he goes straight over to Joel Embiid to comfort him because Joel Embiid was visibly upset. He was crying after the game, and Gasol stood there and comforted him and talked to him. Like, he is a fucking class act through and through. Definitely. I literally adore him. Um, but yeah, so this week, the Raptors are up on Wednesday. Eastern Conference Finals starts against the Bucks. So um, let us know your thoughts. Are you watching? Are you not? Are you like me and Nicolette who get too much anxiety and then just <laughs> don't watch? We can't watch it. I can't. Like, I kept flipping. I was watching Game of Thrones at the same time as the Raptor game, and I was literally, like, I thought I was going to stroke out because it was just too much anxiety between both of them. Um, but yeah, so that's all we have to say about uh, NBA playoffs. Next week we'll have some big updates. Yeah, should be interesting. I mean, should be fun, interesting, and let's see what dramatics, you know, the finals have. I'm curious to see. I'm so ready. Okay, so next we're going to jump into Champions League. So My other favorite subject. <laughs> if you thought the Raptors game was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so last week on Tuesday and Wednesday was the semifinals of the Champions League. So you had Barcelona, you know, the consummate pinnacle of, of soccer. Exactly. Playing Liverpool, who's, you know, been one of the top teams in England this year. And then you had Tottenham who people have mixed reviews on Tottenham. I actually like them playing Ajax, this amazing young team who've definitely played, like they played out of their minds this year. They played way above their skill level. Out of their minds this year. So uh, first semifinal was Liverpool-Barca. And in the first leg, Barca won 3-0 in Spain. And then they came back to Liverpool. So Liverpool had to make up a three-goal deficit. So. And like in soccer, that's really hard to do. <laughs> exactly. Like a two-goal, even a one-goal deficit can be enough to put people away, considering goal, games end literally 0-0. But this is like making up a three-goal deficit, hoping that Barca doesn't score. Yes, exactly. And you have to prevent have... <laughs> them from scoring while you score all your goals. And they have the greatest player in the world. Yes. Who did the best free kick I've ever seen. His entire probably. highlight reel is just like history-making shots. Lionel Messi. That free kick was ridiculous. So I thought like Liverpool would make it interesting, but I didn't think there was no way that Barca wouldn't score. I know. At Anfield. I know. So, you know, so, but Anfield's known as this fortress. They've had many, they call it like the great European Knights of football. Um, the last time Liverpool won the Champions League was 2005. Um, Anfield being Liverpool Stadium. Exactly. And basically, Liverpool, so, oh, and Liverpool didn't have 
no, they, they didn't, didn't have Mosala or they, or they didn't have Firmino. Yeah. yeah. So two of their top attacking players yeah. were not in that game. Um, and so basically it was up to what Sadio Mane, their midfield technically isn't considered the greatest midfield that's considered their weakness but they do have a great defense and a fabulous goalkeeper midfields in soccer by the way are literally as advertised they sit pretty much in the middle of the field and they play both attacking roles and defensive roles so do you watch the game i did (laughs) i watched the end of it um we went out for drinks after work and i walked in and i was sat down and all of a sudden i heard people like rustling and i was like (gasps) it's champions league and I like got up, left everyone by, behind, and I went by myself and stood at the bar and just watched and freaked out the whole time. <laughs> so I watched the whole game, and Liverpool were up one nothing first half. Um, it was scored by Divacarigi, who's only playing, only starting because of the injuries to the, to the attack, the, the front line players. Um, so he scores, and basically, you know, it's one nothing. Nobody, I mean, Liverpool's, you know, yep. the fans are still worried. And then the second half happened and, and all hell broke loose. Yeah. And basically Liverpool scored uh, three more goals. They ended up winning four nothing. So they scored two, they scored three, but the fourth goal to win it Epic. was basically a corner that based off one of their defensive players, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he was taking a corner. Um, so he basically looked like he was walking away from the ball and he sees like Barca's falling asleep. So he comes back quickly, kicks it in, and then Origi scores the winner. Like Essentially, it was, it was uh, like a trick play. Yeah. Like, it, it was one of those where if you watch the replay, it doesn't, it looks like like it, someone's faking it. Like, because no one was paying attention and Liverpool capitalized and good on them. Barca's defense had no excuse. Like, no. it's the last fucking seconds of the game. Get your shit together and watch everything. <laughs> Nothing is over until the whistle blows. Nobody could believe that, like, what just happened. Yeah. And it wasn't actually even like a, it was actually a hard ball for Rigi to actually get in the net because it had, I think it hit the turf and then it like kind of bounced up. But uh, if yeah. I was their goalie, Tristegan, I would have literally lit them all on fire. It was. How dare they? I was literally like heart palpitations. Insane. Couldn't believe it. It was one of the most amazing games I've seen. Um, this Only sh- to be topped <laughs> by day two of Champions League playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, basically. Day two was Tottenham Ajax. Ajax is this really young team that plays in the Netherlands. Um, they're playing Tottenham, who's it's their first. I think it's their, is it their first semifinal? I think it might be their first semifinal. Mm. Um, so basically, Ajax had won one nothing in Tottenham, which is in London, um, and they were playing at home, and they went up two nothing by halftime. So they had a three zero lead on aggregate. So you would think a team three up up three, up three nothing on aggregate playing at home. Um, you know that they have pretty, pretty much solid. a chance. So. But as we learned the day before, <laughs> three goal def- or three goal leads no longer mean anything in sports. No. So basically, uh, Tottenham's player Lucas Mora decided to go off. Now I've yeah. been following. I've watched every Tottenham game this season. He's a great player. Um, Tottenham doesn't have their top striker Harry Kane. He's been out injured with an ankle injury. Um, they've had a lot of injuries this year, and basically Mora scored two goals. And then, so they were, it was tied 2-2. And basically, I think that would mean they're still, they're still up. Yeah. Uh, Ajax is still going through. Yeah, because they run away goals. So we're 90 minutes. And then into the 96th minute, Tottenham scores. Last second of the game. Yeah. But Actually. I'm blaming 
Ajax's goalkeeper for that. I mean, this is... So, if you don't watch soccer, essentially when... Uh, you have 90 minutes of play that needs to be done in soccer. So, what happens is, because there's no full-on stoppages unless it's halftime, the clock just keeps going and the ref adds time to the end of the game or the end of each half in order to make up for time when the players aren't actually playing. So, if someone's injured, they add that time back to the end of the game. So... In this case, there were six extra minutes of injury time, or five extra minutes, which is excessive in and of itself. Um, and the other thing that's notable is that you often will not end a game if the t- attacking team is in your zone. So they usually like to end the game when the ball is like in the middle of the field or out or somewhere where there's not a scoring opportunity because then it makes sure that the game ends neutrally. So in the last couple seconds of this game, Ajax being a very young team, inexperienced, their goalie is very young too. He kicked the ball all the way to Everton or Tottenham's end, presumably to waste time, put the ball in their end. That way there was no fear they could blow the whistle, except that Tottenham received the ball and then just blew back all the way back to the other to Ajax's side. So what happened is because they did that and Tottenham was suddenly rushing, the ref couldn't blow the whistle to end the game and Tottenham had a scoring opportunity. They capitalized and the game ended right after that. But the ref actually added time Mm -hmm. because he booked the goalkeeper right before that for time time wasting. And then if he had just kind of like put the ball in play earlier instead of like dilly dallying, the game probably would have ended. He also probably shouldn't have kicked it into the opposite end because you're putting it right back into your opponent's hands. What he should have done was pass the ball to someone on his team closer in. The dude could have, like, messed around with the ball, fallen over, done whatever it is he wants to do to waste time, and then the game would have ended. So it was heartbreaking for Ajax. Their players were literally, like, face down crying on the field after it happened. It was so (laughs) sad. I felt really bad for them. I felt terrible. I really wanted Ajax to make it through. But they're, you know what? They're young. They have a ton of like cap space. Their team, they're paying next to nothing for most of their team. They're t- that team's not going to be together. They're already losing their captain. Oh, no, sorry, De Jong. They're losing to Barcelona. Delec, mm. who's their 19-year-old captain, yeah. is probably going to Barcelona or some other team. Some other. So this team is never going to be together uh, again. So that makes me sad. I know. Uh. But they they did well. They're, I was so proud. Of, like their fans all applauded them after the game. I know. It was just it was awesome. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It was a great Champions League playoffs. It's probably the best I've ever seen. So Definitely. I'm pumped for the final. It's going to be an all-England final. Uh, Tottenham versus Liverpool. That's going on June 1st. And interestingly, also in the Europa League, which is like Champions League, but less good. Um, the lesser, <laughs> the, the not as good teams make it into that one. Um, that has an all-England final as well. So yeah. England is just really loving themselves right now. Great year to be a Premier League fan, for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're going to quickly hop into the other playoffs happening. We might as well get them all out of the way. Um, So quick update on NHL. I know Meg has been doing this for the last few weeks, but we officially have the two conference finals for um, for NHL set as well. So we have the Bruins versus the Hurricanes. Boston is currently, unfortunately, up to yeah. nothing in that series. They are just kicking Carolina's ass. It's really sad. Um, honestly, I'll be shocked if they don't sweep them. I know. It's sad. And it just it upsets, upsets me. I know, <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. I just hate it. Um, and so that's in the East. In the West, we have the St. Louis Blues versus the San Jose Sharks. Um, the Blues are currently down. Uh, San Jose is up one nothing in that series. Um, honestly, I don't think the either of these, unless something drastically changes, will be as epic as the two games that like 
of past. Like both of the previous series in the West went to the went to Game Seven, and they were really good. St. Louis won in like double OT to get through, and um, the Sharks also had to go to Game Seven to win as well. So I mean, I'm assuming the Blue Sharks series will go uh, quite a few games. I'm not anticipating the same for the Boston Carolina series, unfortunately. Um, I think this might finally be the end of the road for the Hurricanes, unless they can really turn it around. Um, mostly all I'm hoping at this point is whoever faces the Bruins in the finals just kills them. I'm just, I have a feeling it's going to be like the worst case scenario final for me, which would be Boston versus San Jose. I dislike both those teams. Really? Yeah. I want good things for like, like Joe Thornton. Like, I feel like it'd be nice to for him to retire with a cup. Well, I feel like for, well, for me, being from Vancouver, like San Jose mm. is not a team you share for, so. Fair. <laughs> that is entirely fair. But yeah, I mean, not much to report. The series are just underway. So by next week, we should have a pretty good idea of what's going on. By then, the Hurricanes-Boston series might be over. So <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just skip on past that. <laughs> so we can jump right into um, a quick update on F1. Basically, not much to report here. If you saw the Insta story this past weekend, along with um, Meg being at the Barcelona game, it was also the Barcelona Grand Prix. So it was like a real great time to be in Spain. Also, the Madrid Open for tennis was on. So like just a lot happening there. Um, F1 happened. No real surprises. Mercedes took the one-two spots again. You've heard me talk about them on previous episodes. This is Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas' team. Um, essentially the season is basically over and it hasn't even started. We're like four races in. Does Lewis Hamilton lose any, anything? No, (laughs) he's either first or second all the fucking time. It's just ridiculous. I don't like, and I mean, along with Mercedes yet again, winning Ferrari also yet again, fucked up their management of the race. So at this point, everyone needs to be fired. Um, Ferrari is doing a great job of making everyone hate them, including their drivers at this point. And It's pretty much all I have to say about that. I mean, there's two championships also I'll quickly mention for F1. There's the Constructors' Championship, which is the team that you race for accrues points with every win that you get um, or where you place in in the race. Um, And then that team gets awarded a trophy at the end versus um, there's also an individual driver's championship. And um, currently it's a two-person race between the two people from Mercedes. So there's really not a lot. I really wish it was like a little bit more interesting. Like I really was hoping there would be, there would be more. Next up is going to be the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, that'll happen in two weeks. And that's the really fancy one. So you'll, if you follow any of the like Insta models slash like Gigi Hadid and all of them, they're all going to be there for sure. It's just one massive like, I look, uh, you know, I'm rich and hot and hanging out at the Grand Prix on my yacht. Everything that's about Monaco. (laughs) Pretty much. It just like drips with money the whole time. But excitingly, after that, two weeks after Monaco is going to be the Canadian Grand Prix. Nice. So um, I'll flag everyone as usual the week of the Grand Prix or the day of. um, That'll be one we'll be able to watch as well. It'll probably be on in the morning. Same thing as um, the Spanish one. Um, Is there any other cars other than Mercedes and Ferrari in racing? Oh, yeah, there's Mercedes, Ferrari, um, Renault, um, uh, McLaren, um, Haas. There's a whole bunch of different cars. Williams, um, Lance Stroll drives for a team called Racing Point because his dad bought it and is just like, my son will race, even though he's terrible. Um, I think he's gotten like, I don't he's finished like one race so far. Like, it's not even good. But nobody's in a top. 
No one's. Yeah, no. There's no chance. The only and Red Bull. Red Bull's probably the only one that's going to give them a run for their money because um, Red Bull's doing shockingly good this year. So. That's pretty much it about Formula One. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it was a boring race and <laughs> Ferrari's annoying. So back to soccer. Um, so we talked about Champions League. Now we're going to talk about the Premier League, which is the league in England. Um, so this year, um, after the World Cup, I made a, uh, uh, I guess, a concerted effort to uh, get into soccer. Um, there was an epic, I really liked the England team and supported them and me and Taniela were enemies for one day <laughs> <laughs> and I came out on top. <laughs> you did, <laughs> but it's been a great, great year for English football and in the premier league, um, it went down. The title was decided on the last day, which I don't even know the last time that's happened. I know it's usually like a very large margin. The title going to the person or the team that finishes first in the league. So there's one point separating first and second. There was actually one point finishing third and fourth. Yeah. And in the Premier League, the top if you finish top four, you qualify for the Champions League next year automatically. Um, so it went down to Man City and Liverpool. Uh, we talked about Liverpool in the Champions League earlier. Um, Man City were up by one point. Basically, if they win, they win the league. Liverpool had to hope that Man City either lost or drew, and then they win their game. Um, Liverpool won, Man City won as expected. Mm -hmm. I think they've won 13 on the bounce. They won 13 in a row, so they basically weren't going to lose. No. And they are back-to-back champions, which has happened for the first time, I think, in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And Pep Guardiola, who's their manager, is the first coach to do this in Spain, Germany, and England to retain championships. Yeah, he's real good. Yeah. Also, um, he's kind of a hottie. (laughs) Not kind of. He's certified very hot yeah yeah he's a cutie um and clearly very freaking talented as a manager yeah so i mean good for man city they were really good this whole year i would have been really happy for liverpool had they won though i I was cheering for liverpool i like i love man city i love pep mostly but i really like liverpool as a team Mm -hmm. and liverpool's never won the league basically (laughs) they've had some bad juju over the years they have um their, their iconic player, Steven Gerrard, um, basically, I guess when they're going for the league, I guess 2014, I think it was, 13 or 14, and if they had won this game, they pretty much would have won the league, and he slipped, and the other team went to score a goal. It was a, Jose Mourinho was coaching Chelsea at the time. They lost the league. Um, so they, they won the, they used to be really good in the 80s, yeah. apparently, in the 70s, um, but since the Premier League um, started, which was 1992, They've never won the league. So this would have been the first time in like 27 years. And the thing is, they finished with 97 points. Jesus. There's been 27 seasons of the Premier League. And in any other year, 25, 27 seasons, they would have won the league, if not for Man City. Wow. Yeah. They've got the third highest point total ever, (laughs) with the top two being Man City. (laughs) Good God. That is some bad luck. Yeah. I felt really bad for them. But they did everything they could do. Yep. That's all you can ask, right? Also, did you see the super cute moment with Mohamed Salah's daughter scoring oh a goal? Oh my gosh, she was so cute. Yeah, uh, Mohamed Salah, we talked about being the like the best player in probably Premier League slash on Liverpool for sure. And there was a really cute video of his daughter like shooting us, uh, like basically scoring a goal on net. And she's like this itty bitty little thing and the net is obviously massive. And he's like super proud as a dad as it's happening. I was just like, come on. The funny thing is he was like, he's because he won the Golden Boot this year, which was shared between two other players. Um, and he won last year. Being. He's the top scorer in the league. 
to be honest though like that race was also liverpool cleaned up on the trophy they, they got the golden boot they got the golden glove um eden hazard won the top assist playmaker um but otherwise liverpool just cleaned up yeah, everything they did great but he was like literally he had his boot he was like near the sidelines and she was like way out on the field just by herself it was, it was so, so cute but yeah it was a good season great season great season it was probably one of the best in recent memory um Premier League is widely considered to be the best league in soccer for, like, club soccer. So, and it is also the one that's televised in Canada every single weekend. So if you're interested in getting into soccer, it's on pretty much all every single weekend from, like, September to now. That's going to change, though. So FYI, if you want to watch soccer, Premier League soccer next year, um, the rights have been taken over by DAZN. Fucking hell, DAZN. So it's no longer going to be on cable TV. Are we fucking kidding with yeah. this? And so they own the rights to Champions League, Premier League, all. But they're showing every single game, which technically Sportsnet and Rogers don't do. I don't want to pay one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to them. Yeah. I already pay for every sports package. Basically, the the subscription is one hundred fifty dollars for the year. That is fucking bullshit. Already, like. Sorry, I, I'm like really <laughs> upset about this because I've had to stream so much soccer in the last like three months for Champions League. It has driven me absolutely up the wall. I've already emailed them, so. You strongly yeah. worded email. Yeah. Thank God. And but no, they're taking over the rights. So. What am I supposed to do on Saturday mornings? It's back to Food oh, Network, wait. I guess. Well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be advertising this, but there's an app that <laughs> could possibly show you that they. We'll, they'll help the soccer matches as well. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, yes, of course. I will be buying DAZN. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. Legitimately. Do it the legal way. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Wolverhampton um, Wolves of the Premier League because they were promoted uh, last year. Yes. And they finished seventh. Oh, my God. Yeah. They actually did so good. Yeah. Usually, so promoted means that if you finish in the bottom, like you're the bottom three teams um, in the Premier League, you get basically kicked out of the league and sent to the less good league. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. Like they essentially are like, you're not good enough to be here. So off you go back to the other league below us. Um, and then the top three teams from the league below Premier League get sent up. So um, usually because the the league below is not as good, the teams that get sent up often get sent back down very quickly because they can't keep up with the teams in Premier League. But Wolverhampton. Yeah. And they're in the them. final of the FA Cup against Man City. But yeah. if they win, they automatically qualify for the Europa League. Good for them. So That makes me happy. Shout out Wolverhampton. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that is in England, but <laughs> you know. Um, okay, so last up, we are going to do a quick discussion about rugby, which I'm actually really excited about. You've heard us talk about um, the Toronto Wolf Pack. And so that's actually, there's two rugby leagues that um, exist, uh, one being Rugby League, which we're going to discuss today, and, or Rugby Union. Union. Sorry, yeah. I get them mixed up. <laughs> it's a lot for me to keep up. <laughs> yeah, so basically on Saturday I went to go watch the um, European Championships Cup Final, also known as the Heineken, Heineken Championships Cup. Of course it's um, sponsored by beer. <laughs> uh, basically that was taking place in Newcastle, which is in the UK. Um, the final was between uh, Leinster, which is an Irish, uh, Irish Union rugby club, and Saracens. And uh, Saracens, they're basically it's the equivalent, I was told, um, of like the Irish national team and the English national team playing each other. Oh, good. So people definitely got stabbed then. Which, as if you don't know, uh, rugby in the UK is very intense because you pretty much would have Wales, England, Scotland. Northern Ireland, Ireland. Yeah. All of them. So 
you know, I'm sure that went really well. <laughs> Basically, I went to watch it at Hemingway's. Okay. And 95% was uh, Irish fans. Oh. Were <laughs> you t- like, hey, I'm neither. <laughs> well, the table I was sitting at had the one of the guys I was um, watching the game with. Hey, shout out to Nick, who asked me to give a shout out to the Saracens. Um, he's like was like the only Saracens fan in the place. Oh, good. So. That, yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> but Saracens did win 20 nothing. Tw- sorry, 2010 after being down 10 nothing. Oh. Um it was a good game. It was yeah, it was good. So, just with regards to rugby, you know, I've probably I haven't watched a, like a live game in a few years. Yeah, it's rarely on in oh. Canada, unfortunately. We have a new rugby league called Major League Rugby. Um, the team is the Toronto Arrows. So if you do want to check you know, out a rugby game or some rugby action, um, they do have two home games left. Uh, they're currently in third spot, and the top four teams qualify for playoffs. They play at Lamport Stadium. And their next oh, same two- as Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. The next two games are on May 26th and June 2nd. It's probably not expensive to go watch them. Probably not. No, I've watched a few games at Lamport Stadium. Pretty good stadium to, mm-hmm. to watch, and it's a fun fun time. Yeah, I'm sure it would be great also if uh, the weather got better. Yeah, well, you that's know? true. Because currently, like <laughs> I can't see out my window because it's so foggy again. So, you know, weather permitting, definitely recommend. Go check them out. Uh, support your local Toronto teams, the ones that don't get as much love because they... I feel like they really appreciate the fans when they do come out. So um, rugby's a really good time. We can definitely do a what's the call in the future of rugby because it's like all of the violence of football with like none of the padding. No. And probably, I would probably say rugby players have a few more screws loose than football players. Definitely. And definitely less teeth. (laughs) And screwed up ears. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole thing. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that concludes pick six for the week. Um, so I think we'll jump quickly into a reality review. Um, not only was uh, Game of Thrones on last night, but in preparation for the start of Bachelorette tonight, they finally released the cast of Hannah's season. Um, they are special. They are a group. Um, there's like, I don't even know, 25 dudes. I didn't even, I couldn't sit through every single bio. Usually when I do a cast breakdown, I read every single one. I suck it up. I do the whole thing. And like, I couldn't do it. All of these dudes look the same. There was a lineup where it was like Garrett something, Grant and Dylan, and every single one of them looked the same. And I was like, <laughs> come on, people. Can we even try? Can one of you like dye your hair or something? So I'm just going to get, I'm going to do a couple couple highlighted um cast members so we have let me see we have grant who is 30 uh he is unemployed and from san San clemente california and uh grant here um how can i describe it he definitely is going to be the one to cause a ton of drama and the producers are going to force hannah to keep him on for like half the season just to cause drama grant is the real life the dude He loves white Russians and has no interest in hearing about your CrossFit workout or recent Instagram post. Grant considers himself to be a romantic because he enjoys PDA. No, no comment there. No. Uh, Yeah, he loves to impress the ladies with his surprisingly good dance moves and is hoping his blunt realness stands out to Hannah. Yeah, literally after the bachelorette. Grant's going to be promoting CrossFit and Instagram posts (laughs) for his career. Fact. Um, His biggest fashion regret is wearing fake earrings to his high school prom. (laughs) Oh. 
Um, and he isn't afraid of a dance-off and has a hard time believing that any young guy who comes on The Bachelorette is quote-unquote here for the right reasons and he plans to call him out on it. Grant is 30 and unemployed and going on a show that people become Instagram models from. He's definitely there for the right reasons. Oh my god, yeah, of course, obviously. Um, also, we have John Paul Jones, who looks like he could be Hannah B's brother. And he... He's like a poor man's, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's exactly, exactly what he looks like. <laughs> um, so... The highlight of his bio is uh, when referring to John Paul Jones, always use his full name, John Paul Jones, and like you have to use all three words. You can't just you can't just call him John, John Paul. He, or John no, 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 Paul? he has to be John Paul Jones. I would call him JP just to piss him off. I'd call him Joe. <laughs> also, John Paul Jones rarely uses words that are less than three syllables long. Well, as soon as he tells them they have to call him John Paul Jones, he's gonna like that dude is fucked. Yeah. Also, how do you? Con- like actively converse only using words that are more than three syllables because there's a lot of words that are less than three syllables that are necessary for english language yeah like like four and two and the uh, and and it you know <laughs> like just curious how you're gonna turn those into like three syllable words or more unless you carry around a thesaurus and in which case that just makes you a douchebag <laughs> Um, up next, we have Mateo, a management consultant from Georgia, who is a sperm donor who has helped create 114 children. Well, I mean, he's not ugly. So, I mean, you know, I guess he has that working for him. But I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So his first item on his bucket list is to take someone to a ball in a castle. So, I mean, to cross that off a bucket list, he definitely went on the right show because this is the only time in his entire life where he stands a chance of going to a ball in a castle. But I'm just wondering, like, outside of The Bachelorette, how do you plan on achieving this? What local castle can you frequent to go to a ball? But I'm still, I get it. You're still not over the sperm donor thing. No, I get it. I'm still wondering, how does he know he's, like, fathered 100 and whatever many children? I don't know. Do you think they keep a registry? Like, do you think you get, like, an Instagram notification every time a new kid is born, courtesy of your sperm? Because literally, I thought it was supposed to be anonymous. Like, he's not supposed to, he's not supposed to know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> is it just every time he donates, he assumes another child is born of it? Like, does he think he's done 114 times? So, of course, somebody's used my sperm to procreate, <laughs> like... But he's, like, helped create 114 children. Like, this, this implies How old is that... He? 25 how often is he there? I just have a lot of questions about the whole situation. You know, like there's just, there's a lot happening there. Um, Up next, we also have Kevin who looks like a white walker from Game of Thrones. (laughs) That, uh, yeah, I mean. He legit looks like a white walker. Like he's probably really cute in motion, but like staring at the screen right now. Well, like maybe he just doesn't photograph well. I mean, nobody photographs well on the Insta or the Bachelor bios. Um, he also wants to travel more, but he won't go anywhere that doesn't have an available gym. Uh, so yeah, we also have Matt Donald. Uh, Matt Donald is an old fashioned guy who loves to bring flowers to a girl on a first date. Um, he also says that he loves Hannah and he hasn't even met her. So, um, Matt Donald will 100% be one of the people who they, uh, you can probably bet he's having an emotional breakdown. No doubt. He's going to get eliminated probably on like the first one and then he's going to cry 
even though he's only known her for five minutes because he's been in love with her since prior to coming on the show. Stalker. 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 <laughs> we also have Jonathan from California who part of his bio just states Jonathan loves sparklers. And I mean, fair. You know, sparklers are great. It's a very specific thing to put on your bio. I bet you he goes home the first night. I mean, if the depth of uh, his personality is that he enjoys sparklers, there's not going to be a lot there to work with. Um, We also have Joe. And uh, Joe, when I pulled up his bio, I was like, before I even like pulled up his his full bio, I was like, this dude looks Italian. Sure enough, I was correct. (laughs) I can like pick him out of a crowd. Um, His occupation is the box king. What the hell is that? So, one second, let me inform you. Uh, his family jo- has a cardboard business, a, a legitimate cardboard box business. Um, and he's described as when he's not killing it in the family cardboard box business, he enjoys going to Vegas and club hopping. You're ready to settle down. Yeah, definitely ready to settle down. Um, and his most complimented feature are his eyebrows because they are very thick and very dark. And V Italian. Yeah, but he like manicures them. Yeah. Oh, no. You you have to get that unibrow waxed. You have to. (laughs) They're so perfect. They're more perfect than mine. Oh, yeah. No, he def gets them waxed. There's no way. As you can like see, the way that his eyebrows feather towards the middle of his face, like that dude rocked a unibrow at puberty. Hundo fucking P. That was a massive unibrow. He's like the perfect arch. But like, I'm just still more caught up in in being known as the box king. Box king, I know. Honestly, he looks like the type that legit loves that title, though. He's from Chicago, so, mm. I mean. So, um, yeah, we've just, we've had a couple of really strong contenders. Um, we also have Garrett, who I want to quickly mention, because Garrett, um, as part of his bio, informed us that he believes the most romantic city in the world is Savannah, Georgia. Romantic. You know, considering Georgia just passed an anti-abortion law, I'm going to go ahead and say that that is no longer a correct statement. I mean, Savannah's pretty, but... (laughs) Is it prettier than the number of world-class cities that (laughs) exist in the world? No. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you can get Chick-fil-A in Savannah, (laughs) and you can't get it in, let's say, I don't know... Fiji, but I'm going to go ahead and say there's a better chance that there's a more romantic place in the world. I don't know. Paris, Florence, yeah, all of Fiji, all of French Polynesia, half of Europe, most of Europe. You know, I, mm, Garrett, Garrett definitely has never left the continental U.S. What does he look like? Uh, you know, he is white, <laughs> much like uh, three quarters of the people on this show. As you can see, Garrett Grant, very similar. Oh my gosh, they could be brothers. Basically. And flanked by Dylan, who also looks exactly the same as them. Oh, that is scary. Yeah, there's a lot happening there. Um, there's also Jed, who seems like a really nice dude, uh, but he has like a little bit of a face, like he's like a shovel face. You know, like Eli Manning's shovel face? Eli Manning being the quarterback of the New York Giants. Like he sort of looks like he's been hit in the face with a shovel. I love Eli. But he has a shovel face. Like, Eli's amazing. He's great. Well, no Manning has a good face. No, they None don't. None of them. <laughs> I know. Like, the jeans are rough on those. Um, but yeah. So, um, overall, based on my review of these people, what are your thoughts of this season? Well, I mean, I don't watch The Bachelor, but... You might have to, given this quality crop of dudes. Basically, what was the... 
like the second guy. He's like <laughs> in alphabetical order. Uh, we have Cam. Cam looks like he is like a business analyst for a bank, and he has his retirement portfolio set up and ready to go. To be honest, the best looking one that we talked about was the sperm donor. Sperm donor one. Oh my god! <laughs> He's the best looking one. So. Is that who you're going I mean, sperm donor Mateo. <laughs> It's a good name. I like the name Mateo, to be honest. But I wonder if one of his 114 children was also named Mateo in honor of him. I mean, he could be like, you know, if you know, if you really want a family, I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I am very fertile. What a selling point. Hi, Hannah. I fostered 114 children. I have enough kids that I could open my own football league. Oh, I don't. I. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be hot mess express season. Like these dudes look so emotionally unstable. What's that guy's name? Chasen. His name is Chasen. Not Jason, Chasen. And I feel like I'm allowed to like slightly judge people's names because I have such an awfully weird, strange (laughs) name. Um, So I feel like I have the authority to be like, what the hell is a Chasen? The same way most people would be like, what the hell is a Taniella? Chasen. Yeah, that's... Chasing with the manicured eyebrows. Not as manicured as Joey's, but, you know, strong, regardless. They actually all have, like, a very... Does she have, like, a... Clearly she has a type. White. And, like, dark hair. There hasn't, there's any, like... You're right. Of, there's very few blondes. Yeah. Maybe they were worried all of them would look like siblings to Hannah, so they went with a bunch of brunettes dudes. Because you're right. John Paul Jones is blonde. And budget Jonathan Taylor Thomas, for those who have already forgotten. Um, and the rest of them are either brunette or... I mean, they threw in a few black guys to what? To appease to, like, the PC correctness of TV? Absolutely. I don't know. But. <laughs> That's the only reason why they're there. <laughs> what? Which sounds terrible, but it's true. Um, I'm still waiting for the day that, like, a black bachelor is finally the case. Because some of them have been great, but... But literally, did she say, like, I, well, I don't date blondes? Like, I don't or know. Or redheads? Or... But because like, they're all pretty similar. Yeah, no, they all look like clones of each other. Like, it's very weird. Very, very weird. Um, I have no thoughts on this season. Hannah's super awkward, so I'm sure she's going to make a mess of this, and uh, I will be watching. So before we quickly jump into our next segment, I'm going to remind everyone that we are doing a bachelorette pool. Nicolette. I didn't know there was such a thing until today. Damn right. We're doing a fantasy league, baby. Just like March Madness, you're going to make a bracket, and you're going to choose the guys. After tonight's episode, the the league will open, so I'm going to do an Instagram post with all of the information. Um, And if you want to check out the Bachelor bios, so that way you can kind of get a feel for who you like, who you don't, um, it's on ABC's website. Uh, So I would highly recommend going and um, losing a few brain cells over it. It's a great time. Uh, But yeah, so definitely we would love people to join our Bachelorette bracket. I think it'll be really fun. And it's a good way to stay engaged in, much like sports, uh, in reality TV. Is it on Yahoo? No, it's on a separate league. So I'm going to post all the details. It is on um, an actual website that does Bachelorette brackets. Wow, Which this is, is genius. like my first time doing a bracket where I know nothing about <gasps> anything. I know. It's not like March Madness no. where like you're well-versed in sports, but this is like you're going to go in blind. Well, this will be about as close to the bachelor as I get this year, so. Yep. I'll do it. I'll do Hannity. it for the pod. Oh, thanks, Nicolette. Um, so yeah, that wraps up reality review for this week. We'll definitely check in next week post uh, first episode to see... Oh, God. 
to see what kind of a hot mess. I'm just more looking forward to like, not the first episode because it's usually pretty boring, but like, I really want to just see like this season on The Bachelorette and they do the like five minute trailer and everything is dramatic and Hannah will definitely cry and I'm just, I'm going to be here for all of it. What happened to like, I remember last year, the, the dramatics of whatever happened to that guy, Colton? Was he jumped name? the fence, yes. Yeah. Did he end up like coming back and actually finishing the show? He did. Oh, okay. They they did find him post fence okay. <laughs> uh, in the streets of Portugal, who knows where. Um, and they brought him back and he ended up sending both of the girls home and then went back to Cassie who left and he basically went and was like, we don't have to get engaged. I just want to date you. And she's like, yeah, okay, fine. And then they, they are now dating. They're very much dating on Instagram. Was Hannah on that season? Yes. Okay. That's where we found her. Lovely. Hannah. Literally the last time I watched The Bachelorette was the second season of The Bachelorette. <gasps> who was it? It was some dark haired girl. I don't remember her name. Deanna? I don't even know. Oh my god, is that Deanna's season? I can't. That's been over a decade ago. I can't remember. So they did like they posted on Instagram of like every single Bachelorette has ever been, and I saw Deanna and I was like, where the fuck did I watch you? Like how long ago was it? Because I remember Trista, OG Bachelorette, yeah. Queen, um, but I don't remember her. And there's a couple of them in between that I feel like I didn't fully watch, but like pre Instagram, so like they they aren't famous now. Mm. They only have like 300,000 followers. I can like vaguely remember one of the guys and she didn't choose him when he was, I liked him and I was like, well. <gasps> was it Jillian season when Jillian? No, it wasn't Jillian. Oh, okay. Because that was another awful ending where she chose like, <laughs> what was he, like a snowboarder or something? Like he was the worst. And there was like the really nice dude and she was obviously super into dude who barely had a job. Is Jillian like the Jillian that does like all the. Love it or lift it. Yeah, lift it. Yeah. She's the best. But yeah, former bachelorette Jillian. Sorry, we went off topic. Um, definitely would love you to join our Bachelorette Bracket. And that concludes Reality Review. So take it away for this surprise segment that I literally have no idea what to expect from Nicola. So, yes. So I decided to surprise Daniela and do, you know, add in a segment since I'm guest hosting. Uh, filling in for Meg. And it's just going to be, it's called the Rapid Five. Just five questions just to ask her opinion. Great. Um, that's great. Because I love <laughs> surprises. I love them so much. And yeah, so basically the questions are all, I'll give you a hint, is that they're all based on basketball or soccer. Okay. So nothing. No, no reality TV, eh? Which is really my forte. Not my forte. No Jersey Shore. No, definitely not my forte. <laughs> no, none of that. Okay. Okay. They're, they're simple questions. It's not okay. like a quiz. <laughs> That's what I was, I was legitimately. It's based off your opinion. Okay. Which is, you know, a finale. Yeah. I mean, fair. I should, as having a sports podcast, I actually should have an opinion on something. So that's fine. Okay. Let's give me a sip of my drink. Hang on. Okay. Let's do this. So the first question, who had the better comeback, Tottenham or Liverpool? Oh, fuck. I would say Liverpool because of the fact that it was against Barcelona. Barcelona is by far the better team. Ajax was not expected to make it to where they are. So for me, Liverpool had the more epic comeback because that was Barcelona's to lose versus Ajax where, honestly, they, it was theirs to lose as well, but they're a much, in terms of skill level, worse team than Barcelona. Barcelona had no fucking excuses. You have Lionel Messi, for God's sake. He did everything. He stood on his head for 95 minutes, and you, you could not hold it together. Four years in a row that they've been knocked out. Yep. Which is surprising. Uh, okay, so second question is, who would you pick as your Premier League coach of the year? Pep, Klopp, Pochettino, or Nuno, who's the coach of Wolverhampton? Ooh, tough call. 
So I loved Pocatino's, like, when Tottenham made it through to the finals of Champions League, their manager, Pocatino, literally just, like, burst into tears, and it was really cute, and, like, that totally broke my heart because um, he was just so excited to be there. Jurgen Klopp is probably the most deserving because not only did their team almost win Premier League, they're potentially going to win Champions League, their players also racked up in terms of trophies, like you had said earlier. So, I mean, when you have that many players sharing that many trophies, it speaks to not only their skill level, but how well you are managing them and how they're, what their skills are versus somebody like Jose Mourinho, who was the former um, manager of Man United. And he's very much a, you play in my system. It's like, like square peg in a circle hole, like kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, So rather than forcing it, I feel like Jurgen Klopp really, not only is he super passionate and I'm so into his reactions to everything, um, but the players also seem to really like playing for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, question number three is, will Kawhi be a Raptor next year? <laughs> God. Um, if Toronto sports history is any indication, the answer is a resounding no. Even if we win the championship and our na- and Kawhi is named prime minister, he's still leaving <laughs> uh, because Toronto never gets to have nice things. So, um, I mean, everything, everyone says it all hinges on whether we make the finals. I have to wonder, that was definitely probably his thought going into this was like, I, this is a rental team for me. If something surprises me, then maybe I'll consider it. But I feel like as the year has gone on, he's gotten more and more invested. And like the team, Masai has built so much of a team around him this year. Like we traded away so many people to add pieces to make that push. And according to um, Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, I can't pronounce his last name, who's like a major basketball insider, he's reporting that Kawhi is, when it wasn't even on his mind at the beginning of the season, is now seriously considering staying. Because, like, that's what happens. Everyone comes to Toronto, and then they fall in love with the city. Exactly. And it's, like, really hard not to. And the fact that the media shows nothing about Canada or Toronto specifically down in America, a lot of players don't know what they're getting into until they get here. They just assume it's Canada. It's cold, and I have to pay taxes. But then they get here, and they're like, oh, shit, Toronto's actually awesome. We are significantly... Not only are we bigger than almost every city in the U.S., but we also, like, the city is really fun, and it's really cultural, so everybody fits in, like... We have a pretty healthy respect for celebrities and athletes here. Like, so, I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with it. The, like, the, the optimist in me hopes that he's slowly getting swayed. So regardless of how this all finishes, he'll still consider it, especially because Masai will go to him and be like, A, we'll throw all of our money at you. Yeah. We have the advantage of giving him, I think, a five-year deal versus a four, which he can get elsewhere. Okay. Um, and we also, like, we have this team sitting here to be like, we will, we're willing to do anything to keep you. I think Danny Green and Gasol stand good chances of coming back at least for another year. So I'm hoping that'll also sway Kawhi. But it'd be really... I mean, it's going to be devastating if he loses. I won't be surprised if he leaves, especially because places like the Clippers are just lining themselves up, forgetting him and a bunch of other people. They have so much money and room. But yeah, I hope he stays. (laughs) I feel like we could, especially with another year of uh, down, of having them build chemistry... That gives us an even better shot for next year. Like, that's how I would propose it is like, look at how far we made it with one year. Exactly. If you give us the time, Pascal is only going to get better. He hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. We have Danny Green, who you already know how to play with. Kyle is finally, finally building that chemistry that's taken all season to yep. build with him. Like, we have potential for next year. Definitely. So, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, so fourth question is, so NBA championships on the line, game seven, ball is embedded at half court. 1.7 seconds on the clock. Oh, my God. Who do you want taking the shot? KD, Steph, Harden, Kawhi, 
Dame Lillard or LeBron? It's Steph every day. Oh, fuck LeBron. Damn it. I mean, I, I debated whether I should put him in there, but... I know, he's not even in the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> but I figured, you know, I'll be... Oh, that's so tough. Steph Curry can make that half-court shot probably with his eyes closed, so he'd be my first instinct to go with because he is the king of the circus three. That He can shoot that three from, like, inside the bathroom of the stadium, and it'll still potentially go in. So, like, he's my first instinct to say yes because, like, it's just what he does. Five hands in his face, half court, one eye poked out, chewing on his mouth guard, he'll make that <laughs> shot. But, I mean, LeBron is LeBron. He's the king of, like, those big moments. So, but the thing is, so was, like, Kobe. Like, they were the, like, they wanted those big moments. Whether they connected on all of them, I don't know. I feel like LeBron probably has the ability to do it, but that isn't really his shot at all like that's not where he does his best work so I feel like he would find a way to get himself further up to make a shot whereas Steph Curry would definitely take it from half court and the last question which good luck with this one oh is rank these three iconic Toronto sports moments in terms of giving them gold silver or bronze okay so number one is Joe Carter's World Series winning home run uh Jose Batista's bat flip home run or Kawhi's game seven series winning shot fuck that's a tough one so I think even though I'm still riding the high of this Kawhi shot, I think the number one has to go to Joe Carter because it resulted in a championship. Like for me, I can't as much as if this was, if Kawhi made this shot to win us the NBA title, nothing would ever compare to this shot in Toronto sports history. But because Joe Carter hit that home run, got us the world series. I have to, I think that still has to go down as number one, but memories are short. So people won't say that even though it probably is deservedly forever. Number one, um, the tough call is the Joey, uh, Jose Batista versus Kawhi because both of those were epic fucking moments. Like that was what the most awful seventh inning for the Jays. Joey Bats comes up, angry hits the ball, the bat flip, the crowd freaked out. We were freaking out. <laughs> I don't even remember. We left work at like 3.01 PM to go watch. Yeah. Like I literally high five people on the way home. Like that was epic, but so was the Kawhi shot. That's a really tough one between the two of them for me because both of them resulted in us moving on to something more. And they were both basically the equivalent of where we moved on to. Eastern Conference Finals versus whatever it is for the baseball, like the one before the championship. So it's really tough. What what would you say? I'm going to say that the Kawhi shot trumps the Batista shot, the Batista home run. Um, For me, it's like... It did end the game, too. That's the exactly. other thing. It like wasn't a walk-off home run. It literally, this is cemented in Toronto Raptor history. Yes. I think with the Raptors always having so much potential, so much... And never know, living up to it. Right. And to have Masai make that call, considering that this trade had a lot of fans wondering, what the hell are you doing? You know, a yep. lot of fans were angry. Players Emotional. were angry. Like, you know, that was, you know, um, Kyle's best friend that they traded yeah. away. They had a great chemistry, him and DeMar. And to have the game end like that for us to move on, I think he's... I agree with the Joe Carter thing. That's number one. But Kawhi's now moved into number two. Mm. And the home runs, the bat flips moved into number three. It was so epic. It really was. And I mean, it, for people who didn't watch basketball previously, um, we actually found ourselves in the same situation approximately 20 years ago with Vince Carter um, against Philadelphia as well. It was the last second shot to take us on, move us on. Um, and Vince Carter didn't make it. 
it he missed and we lost the game so it's a really big deal that what resulted this time it felt like full circle I'm sure fans who watched and were diehards back then were probably like oh my god oh my yeah. god I'm gonna barf I can't believe I'm watching this happen again but Kawhi made it and I was really jacked up to see him so amped up too. Oh, that was my favorite part. Like he yeah. was so I was excited. Like, I literally watched that thing on replay oh my God. ten times in a row. Never got old. Because I was like, he does show emotion. Like he was so amped. And then he went back to being like composed. Yeah. <laughs> but then they asked him after and he was like, Yeah, I thought it would uh, I should show emotion. Show I so I showed emotion. And it's like, oh Kawhi. It's like this doesn't happen this never happened in my career before. It's never happened to ever before game seven. Yeah. And then but he's answering the question with like no emotion. Deadpan. <laughs> right back to being deadpan. I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I think that, that that one's a tough one. You can argue it either way. Both of them are epic moments in Toronto's history and I hope I hope that we don't have the same result with the Jays losing ending up losing in the next series. But I hope that Toronto can find a way to trump the Bucks and take us to our first finals. It would just be so epic for the city. We haven't seen a finals in God knows how long since the Jays. Yeah. I think if like Joey's had taken us to the World Series, that would then that would I don't care what the World Series would have done. That would have been like amazing. Yeah, especially because they probably would have won that World Series too. That's true. Hurts my heart to think about. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that takes us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Nicolette. You're very welcome. It was very fun. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, I will be back next week with another guest host while Megan continues to gallivant through Europe and drink in the streets and eat good food. Eat good food. <laughs> um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Cleats and Cocktails, or Twitter, Cleats Cocktails. Uh, Megan usually does the rate review subscribe thing for Apple. So sorry, I'm messing that one up because I have an Android phone. Uh, but you can check us out on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, if you have any questions, email us at cleatsandcocktails at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.